Hello, race fans. Welcome to another episode of Short Track Guys Podcast, brought to you by ShortTrackExclusive.com. I'm your host, Thomas Battis, alongside two other short track guys in the studio, as always. Jim Pokerant, driver of the 07, can't quit fishing.com, sportsman here locally at Five Flag Speedway. And Ted Baber of Ted Baber Video Productions, also locally here in the southeast of the short tracks at Pensacola, Florida, and Five Flag Speedway. What's up, guys? Good evening. Afternoon. Yeah, and we, uh, first of all, we just wanted to, uh, extend an apology for some technical difficulties, uh, last week with, uh, uh, what should have been, I think, episode 51. We just, we do apologize and, uh, we're gonna kind of catch up on what we had in store for you last week and then move on from uh, what we got this week. Well, actually, just tonight and then goes through the weekend. So, um, first off, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about Jim and his sportsman update from, uh, you're still fourth in points now. Uh, after yeah. a couple of races, and and how do you feel about that stable? And we're going to move forward in uh, into another five flag speedway extravaganza. Well, as you know, I blew my engine in the last race and went down the corner, and it just come all apart. So, uh, big shout out to my buddy Ben Cranford for the loan of the six hundred two crate motor and uh, the new VDL carburetor that uh, we're going to try out uh, the next race coming up. Um, thank you very much, buddy. I appreciate that. Um, hopefully we'll be able to kick some behind this next race. I mean, we, we've been running good. We were fast, but you know, stuff happens, I guess. We'll be good. And, and a shout out to Ben Cranford for turning the fastest lap at the last race. I'm proud of you, buddy. And, uh, we're going to get him up front as well. And we're going to finish this season strong and see what happens from there. But still enjoying it, still loving it, still ready to do. Um, gotta thank all pools, my buddy Rich Bonneberger. Uh, Ted Baber himself, who helps me out. Yep. Can't quit fishing, of course. Um, uh, Emerald Coast Remodeling and Trim, my buddy Mike Davidson for all his help. Uh, Bowman Construction, Marine Construction for the decals. And, uh, anybody else, Martin Beck, Will, Ben, everybody, thank you. And, uh, we're, we'll get it done. We'll get one for this year's over. I, I'm confident. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ted, do we have, uh, we have video replays or anything that, uh, from that last action? Oh, yeah. We, uh, definitely have some left. Well, it was uh, supposed to be on the Monday evening on another show and it didn't unfortunately show up. But yeah, there's plenty of, <laughs> plenty of looks at what took place, what did and didn't take place according to the interpretations of how things work. Well, I know this, I know the season is, uh, yeah, certainly keeping you busy. Uh, you know, keeping up with the equipment and, and, and getting the in-car cameras and everything right. with the, the GoPros, yep. uh, with different drivers. And, uh, we certainly appreciate it. And thanks so much, you guys, for being here. And it's, it's always a pleasure. And we'll get into that at the end when we sign out. Um, I do want to give a quick shout out to, um, a local, uh, driver, Bubba Winslow. Uh, I know we have preached, uh, in the past that there's only one Bubba in racing, but this one <laughs> happens to be in our backyard and, uh, we, we know him. And we just want to give him a, a congratulations for his win at Crisp uh, last week in a Port City Outlaw car. Um, and another shout out that goes to Grant Enfinger uh, was in our episode 43, uh, Champions with a Grant, uh, which was a, a really uh, an incredible outing that we had with him. And uh, congratulations on finishing second at Charlotte. Um, I know he didn't have the... Uh, finish he wanted, uh, this past weekend at Gateway. Um, but, uh, you have six, uh, top tens in the last 11 races. Uh, congratulations. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna do just fine and we appreciate your effort. Now, uh, we've talked about Bubba Pollard, 
which is one of our big dudes. The Bubba. The, the Bubba. Bubba. That's right. And, uh, you know, his qualifier win uh, up at Berlin a uh, week before last got him into what is tonight's race, Money in the Bank. Oh, yeah. With yep. a lineup that uh, we are going to pronounce uh, with sometimes, you know, William Byron. Okay. I think we know this guy, right? <laughs> I think so. Four yeah, come to mind. I don't know. Yeah, I mean. you know, winner in the Cup Series, I think. Yeah, you know, yeah. maybe a couple of races, you know. He's that been guy. around. He's done a few things. Yeah, he's done a few things. <laughs> yeah, not, William, not, not too shabby. <laughs> William Byron, Terry Seneker. I think we know a little yeah, bit about a, a, yeah. a Seneker. I've heard of yep. those chassis. <laughs> Tyler Roerig, uh, Ty Majeski, and, uh, well, let's see, Bubba Pollard. Am I, am I, am I saying that right? I, I think Bubba so. Pollard? Yeah. Yeah, I think you got that one. In tonight's Money in the Bank 150 up at Berlin, um, man. (laughs) Go Bubba, it's your birthday. And unfortunately, (laughs) we're not able to celebrate uh, a a victory for Bubba Pollard, but the race is tonight, so we'll have to to keep close eye on that and maybe touch base on something next week. That'd work, because I'd I'd like to see him get this one. He went up there into Berlin, which is one of the toughest short tracks to get around. That came out of Gary Ballou's mouth, who's one of the best short track racers in the country. Said Dick Trickle went up there twice and destroyed two race cars. One of them knocked a motor out of it, and it burned to the ground. So, yeah, it's a tough place. But for Bubba to win up there against the regulars, and now he's going up against this strong field, I got faith in my boy. Go, Bubba. I'm hoping for it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think Ted's, uh, Ted's got a, a – yeah, it kind of caught me off of guard. It's a little – uh, I'm familiar of a series that just uh, is uh, developing, or what's what's the news on this series, yes, it Ted? Is, it's called the Grand National Super Series. We've just been apprised of this by J.D. Bauscher. Uh, he contacted me about the uh, this whole situation. Uh, they didn't have the best beginning they could possibly have because their first two races, Mother Nature took care of them, rained them both out. So they're, they're trying to get started. Uh, they've got... Uh, what looks like a 12 race season and they're uh, scattered between several tracks tri-county franklin county caraway uh dillon motor speedway goodyear all-american and i hope i'm saying this right carteray county speedway uh they've got some good rate uh drivers i know that frank kimmel's involved and that uh it's it sounds like it's a really good uh series we're going to try to see if we can get a little bit more information on it and keep up with it because it is a short track series so that's something we're definitely interested in i don't want to hear more about it oh yeah that would be cool i i, I think that what they ought to do is take the old cup cars that are no longer obsolete uh-huh. and make a short track series out of them 602 or 604 crates a 390 cfm four barrel with a stock type transmission a stock type clutch yeah. i mean they're they're just sitting around rotting away why not you you could you could you could have 60 cars at a race. We're going to try to get some more information on it and try to keep up with the series as it goes along. They uh, <laughs> have a uh, pretty nice situation with uh, the way they handle the, the races themselves because there's a twin 50-lap feature, and this this happens every night. Twin 50-lap features, 750 to win each individual race, like a over a $16,000 point fund in money, 3500 to win, and $100 fast qualifier. So... <laughs> There's some money out there. Yeah, and you, like I said, you, you ought to be able to pick those old yeah. cars up for a song. I mean, because they're they're useless. They're mm-hmm. they're museum pieces now. Some of the other uh, drivers that uh, I'm aware of that are involved are uh, A.J. Hendrickson, Clayton Rogers, Kevin Cromer, Mark Jones, Jason Shue, Larry Wilcox, and Eric Barber, and I see uh, Lauren Butler, also one of the drivers, who had a fourth-place finish in one of the first races they had, so... Pfft. 
not too shabby. <laughs> pretty cool, pretty yeah. cool. I think it'd be a good series. It'd yeah. be something to watch. Yeah, it, it sounds exciting, and uh, we look keeping up forward to that to just in the future. And in order to get something big, you got to start small, right? Oh yeah, definitely. So oh, we like we like looking that, and you could lure some bigger drivers in there and and make it a really really huge series. Um, so it's in its what sounds like it's a youth stage. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so well, I, I think, I don't mean to interrupt you, man. I'm sorry. But I think personally, a series like that ought not be for kids. It ought, they ought to make a series like that. You have to be over a certain age. Right. <laughs> because we, we don't want kids coming in and ruin it. Kids ruin the late models right now. It needs to be a series for older drivers, uh, my personal opinion, and old cup cars and run them all over the Southeast. I mean, what would it hurt? And no NASCAR sanctioning, no nothing. Bring it in, do what you want, do the deal, and let's race. And like I said, you got to be above 25 years old to get in. That would bring in some of the older guys that are out of cup or right. or, or whatever to come in and run. Well, uh, the next event is in uh, Callaway, Virginia on, well, June 18th at Franklin County. So looking forward to hearing more about it. Yeah, I think it'd be a good deal. I mean, if they do it right, it'll work. Like the SRX series, it's working, but you need to... Yeah. Need to do something. You yeah. know, we, we need a short track series that's not going to cost an arm and a leg that right. you can travel with. Because <laughs> super late models, you can forget it. Even pro late models, you can forget it. They're expensive. If you if you use old cup cars, use use old technology, no bump rubbers, um, big springs, shocks, keep the thing off the ground. Make the car work like a street stock. <laughs> I mean, right. think there might be some potential uh, for them kind of migrate down here a little bit? Well, a lot of the tracks are in the... Uh, Carolinas and Virginias, it wouldn't be a stretch to come this far and have a little fun at Five Flags. I'd love to see that. Well, yeah, that would be good. Yeah, that's more, I mean, money for the economy, too, here. Uh, they kind of accommodate uh, those outside races. But what do you think about being a kind of a regional thing in their area and they just uh, want to build their own thing for a while and maybe venture out? Well, they might want to do that first, you know, get more cars out than what they've got right now. But once they get it going, I'm sure they want to spread their wings and get out here. And I mean, they're. they're from what we're seeing, we don't have the information yet. It looks like they are using some of the old tech uh, ARCA cars, so who knows? Well, they could they could use old cup, old ARCA. Just they could actually make a series where you could penalize the cars that are newer to slow them down to run with the older cars. Yeah. I mean, there, there's ways of doing it. It's just you got to be creative. Yeah. I think it'd be a good idea because, like I said, there's a lot of race cars just sitting around going to waste. They're going to get cut up and hauled off for scrap metal. They could race them. Yeah, right. I mean, they still got all the safety equipment that they had before and all the technology that was popular then. <laughs> Why not just upgrade a little bit and see what happens? Well, right. I mean, you got to consider some of the cup cars that are a few years old. We're, are now sitting around doing nothing, and they're right. upper technology, better safety, good cars. Mm. The old ARCA cars were pretty good. So, I mean, you could you could make a deal where the, it would be safe and the drivers would be able to race hard and have fun. Right. Well, safety. if you've got Frank Kimmel involved, <laughs> yeah. um, you can't go wrong. And that that's one of the names that are – it's a staple in that center with the ARCA series. And, um, you know, Will Kimmel, his son, did notorious uh, being up front, running and racing – They've got videos all over the place, and if the camels are involved in any kind of series, yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Let's hope so. I'd like to see it grow. Well, I know, uh, guys, we, we don't dabble in this too much, um, but I, I thought it was important, and it's sadly because of what we had going on last week with the technical difficulties. We weren't able to get to it, but um, I wanted to touch base on, on the bigger tier series uh, at Charlotte, and the incident involving Chris Boucher, 
um, with him getting upside down. And from what we've understood uh, for the last 20 plus years, uh, with um, we can take Michael McDowell at Texas in qualifying and his accident. Um, of course, we're going to go back to 2001 with uh, Dale Earnhardt. And, you know, we all know what happened there and the, uh, you know, the aftermath. And, and then, you know, we went through some changes with the cars and uh, the safety issues. Uh, uh, Michael McDowell was uh, proof of what NASCAR had done uh, when he was qualifying at Texas and and got the car hooked down into turn one and went into the fence and flipped the car over with Michael Waltrip. And I think uh, David Rudiman, I think, was part of that group with the... Um, uh, that stable, uh, I'm not completely sure. Yeah. Um, but when that car got stable, uh, and Michael McDowell got out of the car, I knew right then, uh, after what happened in 2001, I knew that NASCAR had taken notice of what needed to be done as far as safety goes. And my question and our discussion to end this episode is that what NASCAR has done outside of all the drivers' drama, there hasn't been a death. Uh, in NASCAR, uh, since 2001. That's yeah. a testament to their, every wreck is a learning experience. It's a dynamic sport. Things happen. You just never are a hundred percent sure exactly how the car is going to react to any kind of input or any kind of situation. So you always have to upgrade and improve every time something takes place. And every time something takes place, we'll learn from it. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The thing about it is, you know, we knew with Earnhardt it was the seat and the belts weren't in, and there was a, there was a lot that went into that. And the the type of hit he took, nobody thought that type of a hit would have done the damage that it did, but right. it did. And it was, I mean, we were all turning the TV off thinking everything's cool, and then all of a sudden, you know, Mike Helton comes out and says we lost Dale Earnhardt, and you're like, how in the hell can what? that happen? <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, you lost Superman the way they look at it, but. Yeah. He refused to wear a full-faced helmet. He, you know, not putting a man down. It's just the way he raced. That's just he did what he wanted to do, and he died doing what he wanted to do and how he wanted to do it. And there's nothing you can do about that. But you can, as a as a sanctioning body, you can regulate safety, right. the safer walls, the the seats, the the impact absorbing foam in the doors, the Hans devices, the Hans devices. You know, the helmets, the, everything that's that's gotten better, yeah. and. You know, they were talking recently about that wreck at the truck race at, at World Technology Speedway or whatever it was, and Carson Osovar hurt his leg, but he let his winning net down. And that's, they tell you in the drivers, if you're okay, let the winning net down. Well, he did, and they weren't in a hurry to get to him. So everybody's been criticizing the safety crew. And I'm like, well, if he was hurt, he should let his winning net up to let them know to get to him quicker because right. everybody else let their winning nets down. But he was in a lot of pain. My thinking on this, and this is something that NASCAR should do, I think they need, and local short tracks should do this, have a traveling safety group that travels with NASCAR and does nothing but NASCAR races. They know the NASCAR cars inside and out. They know all the drivers, their health problems. They know anything they need to know. That way, when they get to the car, they can immediately jump in there and say, okay, this guy's diabetic. This guy has this. This guy has that. This this could be, we know he he's had concussions in the past. They know what to look for, and they know what could happen. You know what I mean? They know the cars. All the cars are designed the same now, so there's no excuse not to know how to get somebody out of there in a hurry. With a Ricky Stenhouse, which I'm joking, Ricky Stenhouse, but when he flipped the car over and it's hanging upside down, they're trying to figure out a way to turn it over. Get the car turned over. Get the man out. Yeah. Because if a fire starts while that car's upside down, 
That man could burn to death because the fuel's going to flow down to him. It's not going the other direction. I mean, there needs to be a safety initiative like CART, like Formula One has, that has a group of people that travel with, and they practice pulling people out of the cars. They practice getting them, you know, safe. They practice taking care of them. I think NASCAR needs that. And I think short tracks... All the employees that work at a short track, if you're whether you're a corner worker, whether you're stop and stop go, and go. or yeah. you're you're the guy that does lineups, your job you should have to attend safety classes because like with our local track, we have a guy out there that that's a, a volunteer fireman. He he knows his safety. Train getting people out of cars. Train if there's a fire. Train, I mean, to, to get all the safety workers together. Okay. Put them all in fire suits. I, I know it's hot. The Troy Grisafi fire, that scared me because I knew that he had challenges to get yeah. out of a car. Yeah. And, that, and, the, and the kid that wrecked with him runs away from him, leaves yeah. him. in. I, I grabbed my fire suit and my gloves and took off running because, I mean, if I was going to have to help, I was going to have to help, you know, because I'm right. not going to leave a driver to burn up. No. But, I mean, there's a lot of things that, that could be done differently at short tracks, and it's not going to cost that much money if you already have a staff. To, to have them come up for a day, pay them a hundred dollars each. Say, come up today. We're going to do a safety thing. We're going to put a car. We're going to, you're going to reach in, get the driver out. We're going to work on, um, you know, getting them on a stretcher to do less damage. Cause if you go snatching somebody's car and they got a broke back, you could kill them or paralyze, paralyze them. them. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. let me, let me ask you to this. What, what is your assessment of the, the success rate of getting Chris Boucher out of the car when he rolled over at Charlotte a couple of weeks ago? I don't think it was very successful. In my personal opinion, five minutes is way too long to leave a man hanging upside down like that when there could be a potential fire or something. Get it done quicker. Get That's why I said you need to have a safety group that is trained by NASCAR and works on these situations. During the offseason, guess what we're going to do, guys? We're going to Daytona. We're going to flip cars over. We're going to work on getting this done. So when we jump up, the record pulls up. We know where, where to hook and where to pull it over. Right. You know what I'm saying? Ted was talking about it. You could put one on one side, one on the other. Whoop! It would just be quick, and easy. Ease it over, yeah. And, yeah, and it wouldn't drop if the driver's hurt. Yeah. If the driver's not hurt, get a couple guys, push the thing over and let it hit the ground. The driver's going to be fine. You need a safety initiative, and short tracks need the same thing. Because I've seen fires and things like that at short tracks, and the safety guy jumps out of the truck, and he don't know what to do. He's like, uh, 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 what do we do? What do we do? And, and there could be somebody in there burning up, and you're, I mean, you know, it needs, they need training. Get somebody in there to train these people. I, I watched a fire at Five Flags, car burned for five minutes, and nobody even knew that the driver was already out of the car. Tim Thompson. That was the night on the back straightaway. That yep. scared the crud out of me. I was in the grandstand. No, it wasn't. I was on somebody's hauler that night, and I saw it. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, and then didn't know he crawled out the passenger side and took off. Nobody saw that, yeah. and I thought he was in that car on fire. Freaked me out. And then they hooked the thing up on the wrecker and dragged it in. It's still dumping still gasoline. <laughs> And they're dragging it around the pits. I'm like, hey, do you see the gasoline right there? That burns. <laughs> yeah, you could burn up the wrecker. I mean, yeah. that's why I said the tow truck drivers and and the track ought to work together to bring someone in and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. And all corners, that down there where Stop and Go is, where Tina is, they ought to have a, a fire extinguisher. Yes. Everybody who works should, I mean, you see Charlie riding around. He's got fire extinguishers on his, his four-wheeler. Right. That's good. Um, but every every corner worker should have access to a fire extinguisher. Right. They should they should all be wearing fire suits. They should all be wearing helmets. I know it's hot. I get it. But in my personal opinion, you might save a driver's life. You got a fire suit on. His car's on fire. You might be able to reach in there, grab him, and get him out yep. before he gets hurt worse. 
Or, you know, if the driver's hurt, can we get in there and get him out? What do we got to cut? You know, get equipment together at these short tracks. And if you have to work with another short track that races on a different night, Five Flags on Friday night, Saturday night mobile, Saturday night go to Montgomery with your safety initiative crew. Right. Take four guys and go up there. And you could do that, and it would, might save a life. Have a core group of people that are trained to do that. Exactly. Because I have seen stuff where, I mean, this guy could have died. I mean, Justin Bonnet, I mean, thank God oh, that, yes. that Russell Brooks was there, and he was brave enough to reach in that car and unbuckle him and snatch him out of there. That man could have died. He thought he was going to die. He he said that he knew that he was going to die, and he mm-hmm. didn't. Thanks to, I mean, shout out to Russell Brooks, who's a, uh, official at Five Flags, you know, he did a great job getting him out of that car, you know, and, and I think that every racetrack, it doesn't matter, Pensacola, Mobile, Montgomery, should have a safety initiative. They should have a truck, a four-door crew cab truck with everything they need and travel these short tracks because you got a bunch of hoo-hahs, these guys that don't know what they're doing. They all run out there at one time. They're running like the Keystone Cops, and this guy could be dying or, or seriously injured. I mean, that, that's just what I'm saying. I'm not putting anybody down, and I'm and, and it's a disclaimer here. I'm not I'm not bad mouthing anybody. I'm just saying that there could, it could be improved. Right. Have you know what I mean? Foam suppression, fire suppression yes. system. On, on the yes. Something to stop a big fire. Yeah. It can be done. I mean, with minimal money, you could do it, or get you know local fire department, or uh, you know, there's a lot you can do to make it better. Because, you know, one death at a racetrack and the racetrack gets sued, guess what? The racetrack's over. Gone. It's, it's gone. They're, they're, the promoters aren't going to fight in court for millions and millions of dollars. They'll just shut it down and move on. That's my personal opinion. But I think that we need safety initiatives at short tracks. As a race car driver, I would like to know if I'm knocked out, I'm sitting in a car, it's starting to burn, they'll be able to get in there and get me out. Well, it's not really like they don't have the initiatives in place. It's just to get a little bit more efficient about it when it when it does happen and be more prepared. That's what I mean. Trained. Yeah, that's yeah, what, yeah. I'm, that's what right. I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's not that we don't have people that are there, but we don't have people that are trained. And that's right. that's bad when right. you've got a corner worker right here could grab a fire extinguisher and start putting the car out immediately instead of waiting on someone else to get over there or the fire truck roll over the ambulance roll, you could you could start already doing the work right. you know what i mean that's that's why i said they ought to train everybody so you i mean what appears to me maybe a, a super late model series uh and there are how many across the country uh, would have their own individual individual group of four yeah, to six people do the same thing repetitive just like a pit crew does and yes, i understand exactly. and pit i get it for safety you know Taking a tire off, put the tire on, jack the car up, put the fuel in. Time is everything. Right. Yeah. And time is not only just saving a life, time is positions on the racetrack. Yeah. So I get it. So if we have a, a super late model or a pro late model series individually or a street stock series that has their own crew, safety crew, safety that ship. goes and travels <laughs> and does the same thing and be and is prepared. Right. You can do that, yes. Right, right. So that's that's pretty much where we're kind of at with the safety thing. And Well, not only that, but like what I'm saying, if you have a regular Saturday night crew, the same core people work at the racetrack every Friday night or every Saturday night, you could get them together and train them on how to use the fire extinguisher, how to, you know, get somebody out of the car without hurting them. And and that way, they're all on the same page. Okay, I I crash going into one. I'm knocked out. The car's starting to burn. What are we going to do? Well... 
somebody's already up the racetrack with a fire extinguisher trying to keep the fire out. And then you got the next guy that's in there trying to get me unbuckled and pulled out to safety. It's got to be, you know, we trained. You, 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 you can't think about it. You have to just do it. Right, and if you're right. trained and you practice, put a car out there and put a driver in there, a heavy guy like me, learn to teach him how to pull him out, grab him just right, get him out of the car. Yeah. Do that, do that repetitively. Do it two or three times a year. And in the off season, do it two or three times. And then it's, then it's, it's muscle memory. Okay. Right. The car's on fire. First thing we do is get somebody on the fire extinguisher. Then the next guy comes in and starts unbuckling the driver and trying to get him out. I mean, there's, there's ways of doing it that would make things a lot safer because right now you don't know what you're supposed to do and you run out there and you're like, uh, 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 what well, do I do? you got, you got to keep in mind that every, every instance is going to be different right. and, and the, it's more of an instinct and your training takes over. And so it's more improved training because you you can't can't logically think that there's a racetrack that just puts people out there to say if this car gets upside down just go out there and run and so I know we're not talking about that that's pretty drastic they do have training but we're talking more improved training yep. thorough that's training what I mean. and a traveling you know yep. maybe a traveling training team that is occupied to understand situations. I mean, fire departments, police departments, all that they, they all, all train too. they all simulate right. situations and they get prepared for the unexpected because, especially in racing, right. well, why the unexpected is expected. Why couldn't you start a business and that's what you do? Your your job is to go from racetrack to racetrack and train the safety crews on how to do the right thing. You come in, the track pays you a little bit of money. You train them, teach them how to use the equipment, show them what equipment they need, and then go from there. Like kind of like a consultant deal. That's not yeah. a bad idea, you nope. know, because you could you could have a good business doing that, and it would it would help the safety of short tracks. Because most people nowadays that die in racing die in short tracks. They don't die in cup or truck or anything like that. They die in a short track incident where, you know, you have a class that has no roll bars or nothing at all. And the car turns over and mashes the guy to a bloody pulp. Mm. I've seen that happen a few times, you know, and, and these, you got to have some safety, right? You can't let, I mean, when I worked at Flomaton, you know, talk about roll cages stuff, I mean, just gobbed up wells and they were terrible and my, they wouldn't let me make them park it. Dude, you're going to get killed in this. Nah, be all right. I mean, guys sitting there with a bar up against their ribs, Going to the door, and I'm like, dude, if you get in that door, that bar comes, it's going to break you in half. I'll be all right. <laughs> you okay? You think so? <laughs> I mean, I had a dude that his belt was torn completely. It was a three inch belt. It was torn an inch into the belt, and it was real long belt to the back of the car. And I said, dude, do you realize that in a hard impact, that belt's going to fail? Well, I can't afford to buy no new belts. Well, you don't need a race car. Yep. You you want to kill your driver? What's your life worth? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I understand that there's to a limit. I get the money thing. But you could you could get a safety initiative to go around to these racetracks and train the safety crews, the stop and go people. Everybody just learns how to do something. Right. Because yeah. if you don't know how to do anything, then what's going to happen when there's a disaster is you're going to be running around like a chicken with your head cut off and you don't know what to do. Well, That's- they've got they've got a lot of uh, safety uh, situations in place. They've got a lot of policies and procedures we know about. It's all about improvement, and, um, you know, we certainly, you know, we don't want to see anybody get injured. You know, when it gets, a car gets upside down, I'm, the first thing I'm worried about is the fire. Yes. So, <laughs> but we've got people out there, and if that's a structure that can be put together uh, with teams and, and different sanctions that get to go and travel and be that safety crew, uh, I think um, we had a race here locally hit by Flag Speedway 
that brought their own too. I, it was the Hooters tour. Yeah. Yeah, the Hooters, Hooters tour up. brought yeah. their own, and they 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 leased the track, and the owners and promoters kind of backed off and let them come in, and they ran the whole show, and they brought their safety team with them, and they did the whole weekend. And yeah. that, that I think that's kind of what we're talking about. If they did that more, right? Yeah, I agree with that. But like I said, the local tracks need their own people trained to help to do their own thing because you're not going to have a traveling guy come in every Friday night. So, you know, you've got some volunteer firemen, you got some people, you need to train them, the corner workers, the people that work at the speedway, your, your, your safety people, they all should be in fire suits. They should all have gloves on. They should all have access to a fire extinguisher. They all should be trained on how to get someone out of a car that is on fire or having problems. And you could do this. You could even train your tow truck drivers. Hey, okay, you get in here and this happens. We need you to hook up and flip this over or do whatever. There's ways of doing it. And like I said, you could get a business. I'm sure somebody out there would love to start a safety initiative business to go around to the short tracks, evaluate their their safety situation, and make it better. Because, I mean, you know, I race short track. I don't want to get hurt. I mean, you know, you, you just don't want somebody to cause you to have a broken back because they don't know what they're doing. Right. And they're just trying to help. I get that. But if you would train them, just, just bring somebody in, train them. They, then it's muscle memory. Okay. Well, this, this happened. Okay. Well, I run over and I got to do this. I got to get the wind in that now. I got to get the belts off. Got to get him out. If he's not breathing, make sure the paramedics get there. I mean, there's, there's just ways of doing it that would benefit the local races, not just a traveling thing. I get that. NASCAR needs to do that. NASCAR won't do that. They need to have a nothing but NASCAR series. Like the Card IndyCar series, just like the Formula One series, they have a safety crew that travels with them. Their job is nothing but safety with that series. Yeah, well, it, I mean, that's really our, our our safety subject of the this episode, and it's always a process of improvement. You look at what happened uh, in Bahrain uh, last year. Uh, oh wow! With yeah, Romain Grosjean uh, going through the guardrail and their safety crew getting him out, and he had some. You know, some burns on his hands. Uh, of course, I, I don't know how uh, he was able to walk to, you know, you know the, the ambulance. Out um, of the ball of fire. He sat yes, in that fire yes. for, what, two minutes, yes. three minutes? Yes, it was. Uh, if, you, if you haven't watched that video, uh, listeners, please um, just experience what we're talking about, safety and um, how the safety crew works and uh, the methodical ways that they go through about what their jobs are and we go through it in a daily life just just working a normal job but these guys are these guys are out there protecting people's lives that are uh, getting paid good money um to go fast yeah and so Romain Grosjean he's now in the IndyCar this was a formula 1 race at Bahrain uh, went through the guardrail at a very high speed i think he hit the guardrail at 140 or 150 miles an hour went through the guardrail the car broke apart in two pieces uh, he went through the cockpit, uh, through the guardrail, and was on fire. And they got him out, and he walked away. So that's basically what we were talking about in a nutshell. With we started with 2001, and how all the safety has progressed um, up until this point with the safer barriers, uh, all the safety gear, uh, the the positioning of of the positions where drivers are. That's pretty much where we are in the safety, and and it's improved dramatically. And I think Jim's kind of standpoint and ted's standpoint is we need more of that attention in the local levels right try to get that kind of training and the upgrades yeah exactly well 
Yeah, just just to just to save lives. I mean, you know, you know, race car drivers. We put ourselves online whether we race a street stock or a mini stock or a late model. We're all out there. We could we know the danger. It's just the adrenaline rush, and something bad could happen, and we know it. And we would love to have somebody there, knowing prepared that if something does happen, that they'll react to it and possibly save a life. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Adrenaline, high octane fuel. No, oh, <laughs> yeah. Combos. Well, on uh, on that note, signing off, guys. Uh, you know, it's uh, we've got some breaking news here that came up here about what a half an hour ago or so, twenty minutes. Um, the Battle of Berlin uh, on a Wednesday night with William Byron on the pole, Terry Seneker, Tyler Rorig, Ty Majeski, and Bubba Pollard. Uh, you know, one of our heroes here in uh, the Short Track Guys studio uh, was going to start fifth on the on the grid. Uh, they had some inclement weather. Not tonight. <laughs> Not tonight. Uh, so that race has been rescheduled. The Battle of Berlin 150 at Berlin Raceway in Michigan uh, will be taking place tomorrow night at 6.30, I believe, uh, Central Time. Uh, you can check your local... Check your local listings. <laughs> your local... <laughs> I love the way you put that. Local <laughs> listings uh, to find out how to stream that. If you want to watch it, if you're a member, do so. Um, guys, it's always a pleasure to talk short track racing and, uh, we look forward to this every week. Um, it's going to be a great weekend and, uh, we look forward to, uh, getting back together next Wednesday. Yep. 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 And, uh, go Bubba Pollard's all I'm going to say. And speaking of go, and there's yeah. something else we have. To uh, oh, oh that's right. Yeah. 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 Ready? One, two, three. Let's, Let's go, go Brandon. Brandon. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening.